0: The fuckers. We are back. Ultimate Tech is here to bring you another episode. Today we have the local La Habra legend, dude. Another one from my neighborhood, man. and We're not going to mess around. We're going to bring you guys... Literally your neighborhood. Literally my neighborhood. So, dude, I didn't... That's insane. I- we just figured this out right now. So, I don't want to say your street name on, on fucking on the audio. But <laughs> two streets
1: but away, we grew up.
0: You grew up two streets away, which is insane, man, because... Mm. I, you know what? I can't even go back to my old neighborhood. I get too nostalgic. I really can't. But We're,
1: we're actually East Whittier, the farthest East Whittier you can go.
0: Right. It's Where we're at, I, I believe, <laughs> once you go to Imperial, yeah. it turns into La Mirada. Yeah. And then once you go to the end of the track at Rancho Starbuck, yep. then it's La Habra. yep. So we're literally right on the corner. Mm-hmm. And it's nice. It's the same shit here. Like Where I live right now, it's literally on the corner of, it's technically Garden Grove, and it lives on the corner of Anaheim and Orange, so right here. And it's the same shit, man. It's crazy. What do you think, man? That's nuts. <laughs> and, what a
1: great place to grow up, though, huh?
0: Dude, the best
1: place to grow up. I, I've
0: said it. I don't know. How, if someone who's listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. they're probably fucking tired of me saying this shit. But it's true. Like, where we grew up, it was like being the best middle brother of all time. Mm-hmm. Between Orange County and LA County, you're that little middle, and you got to take parts from both and just apply them to your life. Mm-hmm. And it's it's beneficial. I mean, shit, man. Look how we turned out. Not, yeah. too, not too bad, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, I'm excited for the listeners to have you in here, man, because you are a freelance cinematographer, which is very unique. I don't I don't know if we have that many people out of uh, where we're from that do what you do. Uh, I know we have skateboarders, we have BMX guys, right. like we just had recently, with Jimmy Ray and Mike Escamilla. Mm-hmm. Um, we have artists like Johnny Utah. I love that guy. He's the man. I mean, that's
1: how we got connected, right? Through Johnny? Yeah. 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 In fact, he comes on Sunday, mm-hmm. and I'm super stoked about that. But, um, what a great human that guy is, and just super talented. Uh, I met him randomly. We have a mutual friend, uh, RJ Armstrong. Um, and they went to a UFC fight, and I was working the UFC fight. It was the one here in Anaheim when Stipe was fighting oh, uh, DC, DC 2, I think. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's where I met him randomly one night, and we were like old friends ever since. Right. I mean, it's like, like right away. The dude has created art for me, he created art pieces for Stipe. Uh, I've been working on a doc with Tiffany Haddish. He, sh- he created an awesome piece for her. Um, he's just a very talented dude. I Super
0: love- talented dude. Super, uh, generous dude
1: giving yeah generous you know
0: i've actually even never even met him in person wow that's how good of a friend he is to me already he's already like i don't know like just he's heard about the podcast and he's been the biggest supporter he's tagging me and other people's instagram saying hey you should go on this guy's show he's repping la habra i love it dude that's awesome yeah so i'm excited for next sunday cool but um yeah dude like i said you are in a very unique business you've been on projects with showtime with nbc sports with Fuck, dude. A ton of people. Like, I'm missing out. With the UFC, like you mentioned, um, how did this all start for Aaron Mendez,
1: man? I'm sure you can go way back into when he started even picking up a camera and started doing this. Well, I mean, yeah, that if you want to go way back, that's what—that's how it kind of started. The first camera I got in my hands was, you know, the, a Sony 8mm. It shot on tape, wasn't digital. Um, and I was shooting bike videos with my friends down at the pit. You know, I, I, was, I was chasing in the footsteps of Mike Escamilla and oh, those nice. guys. Oh, nice. Like, I, he was the legend uh, from La Habra. He was the, you know, I knew about the roof gap over there. I was the first one in my group of friends to go jump at myself. I didn't do crazy stuff over <laughs> it like he did. But I, you better believe I climbed my ass up there. Loved yeah. my bike up and did it three times, got it on video. Um, so yeah, that's where that's where I kind of like cut my teeth. I my dad was a was a, uh, a camera operator in the industry. He he worked on like *Bosom Buddies* and *Family Ties* and *Charlie's Angels*. Those wow. those old like you know not old but early eighties 80s, eighties 80s, uh, shows. So we always had like kind of technology at the house. He was always bringing cameras home, and and yeah, it was it was around junior high where I probably got my first camera and started kind of trying to make some videos. And it started with sports, shooting BMX skating. Um, I did, and and when I got to La Habra, like I was like I was that. That dude who could jump around to all the different groups. I don't know where, it, like, Shame, you, you know, there was yeah. clicky over at La Habra. I was, I was literally a dude who could, I, I could hang with the jocks because I played soccer. You know, I played on varsity soccer. I, I was in band. I was in the marching band over there. I was a drummer. Oh So, shit. so I did that. My brother was like the actor theater guy over okay. there. So I played drums in the sh- in the theater shows, and you know, I hung with the bikers and skaters. So I was like, I, I yeah. was rotating around the groups. My brother actually went on he was a, a blue man in blue man group um, oh no shit yeah, yeah he did that for like three years he did that's out, insane out in dude. Las Vegas um so yeah I mean that those are the earliest days of uh of picking up a camera and trying to get creative in in that way it's funny it's funny you mentioned
0: that dude because um I always had that same sense about myself in high school as well I had friends all over the place and mm-hmm. it's it's I feel like it's Super beneficial to my life now, especially to the podcast. I mean, it gives me the ability to talk to whoever, yeah, and then at least fucking function in the conversation and not sound so ridiculous, yeah, which I'm sure I sound ridiculous most of the time,
1: anyways. But, um, how, do you believe that's helped you a lot in your business? I mean, just being able to adapt like a comedian for sure. I yeah. mean, just to be in what I do, it's you're just managing people's um, um, expectations and um. And, you know, you, you work with a, a wide range of different people. You kind of have to adapt yourself. Every job, you know, I, I get with a new group of people. Sometimes, you know, some I do repetitive jobs for NBC Sports and the Olympics and the UFC people I see at the same time, but I'm a hired gun. I'm, I'm a freelancer to the core. So I'm always constantly working with new people, and you kind of you got to figure out how to adapt and, and fit in with that. I think, um, you know, out of high school – I, I did a, a few different things. I did I worked at uh Knott's Berry Farm. Uh my brother and I were in like this drumming kind of stomp kind of show at Knott's Berry Farm. No shit. You know Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah, of okay. course. Yeah. It's like our local uh, you know, it's like yeah. it's the the stepchild of Disney. It is. in in Orange County, but yeah. it's great. We and then we both got hired to do to do stunt shows there. So then I was doing I would dressing up like a cowboy and doing high falls and doing stunt shows. And, and my brother kind of drug got got me involved in this. He was more the actor theater guy, and I was just like you know I was more. Naturally, I, I was into athletics, and so th- the idea of doing stunts was rad to me—stage combat and stuff—and that landed me. I, I, I got a job up at Magic Mountain, and I was in a Batman stunt show where I played Batman and Mister Freeze. Wow! Up there. And then I got, and then, and when this park over here, Disney, opened up the second park, the California Adventure, um, there was a new parade. And they they had an eighty foot long float with with ramps on it, and so they were hiring four BMX bike riders. I found out about this audition, so I went over there with three of my buddies. We all four got hired, and next thing I knew, wow. I was I was performing in a parade on a BMX. So I was a pro BMXer. <laughs> I was a pro BMXer for a very small period of time. But uh, that's how I kind of was jumping around. And then 2002ish, I'm going to I'm going to tie this up nicely for you about adapting and being a chameleon. 2002 I went I went into the real estate world. My my uncle was a uh, wow. was a broker out in Corona Riverside where it was just blowing up. So I'm like, well, maybe I'll just go try this this thing. And so I, I first started by shooting pictures and videos and stuff for all of his realtors. And then I realized, okay, I could make a lot more money if I was a realtor myself. But what that taught me was, you know, I did open houses every single weekend. I put up a hundred signs, expect to get like 50, the, the real estate market was booming at the time. I'd put up a bunch of signs, I'd get a bunch of people into this open house. And and literally my job was to, was to earn somebody's trust in a in a very short amount of time right right like they're walking in you got to feel them out you got to read the body language you got to see how the husband and wife talk together and so if I could earn their trust then I could like be their realtor and, and take them around so I think that skill is what is what you know being a chameleon and adapting to how people talk and to make them feel comfortable with you that's the skill that I utilize most in this documentary sports world where I'm 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 next to the I'm close with the athletes. You got to make them feel comfortable with you. And like what you and I were talking about a little bit before is like once you do that and they're comfortable with you, they let down the guard and you get the most authentic version of them. That's so interesting, dude. Like
0: because your technical skill is to sit there and to make sure that you're you're getting everything on camera and 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 ma- making it a masterpiece, which you do obviously. But what they don't realize is actually the hardest part you really have to do is not that. That's yeah. something you've already perfected. Yeah.
1: Be a human. Be yeah. A, be be able to connect. Yeah. Be able to earn somebody's trust, have empathy, and make them feel put them in the sweet zone so that they appear to be the most uh like themselves. Right. I mean, and the to me the earliest I mean
0: everyone knows like real sports with Brian Gumble and those things, those sure. are kind of probably the earliest sports, I guess would we'll say. But uh the earliest for me that I really fell in love with the sports documentaries was uh the 7s with yeah. Mayweather. Yeah. Dude, those are my favorite, man. Because those really that's when it really kicked off I don't even know I think he started that I think he was the one that really had the idea for it and I don't know the details on that mm-hmm. but you do a lot of work like that where you're so close to the athlete yeah. and
1: that's a uh, it's I mean that your closest one would be steep Bay probably i would imagine steep Bay is one of the dudes that I've worked with uh the longest I mean I met him probably 2000 2000- 13 or 14 I was uh I was working uh for a production company positive image video and they they were doing a lot of these uh side programming for the UFC so they were doing a show I think there was a connection with Fox at the time so they were doing Road to the Octagon which was we would go to the hometown it's hometown stories of the of these fighters you right know? right tell the story before their fight um and then so yeah, I've been I've been going to Cleveland and shooting with him uh, for probably seven or eight years, and you know talk about just salt of the earth, greatest dude in in the in the business. Um, he's a great guy, and we really hit it off, and you know we're buddies now, and it makes our working relationship. Awesome, easy you know? because they accept me in. I'm part of the family. I'm part of the the team on fight week. So I do these. Uh, I, I I shot the the road to the octagons, and then I started shooting the countdown features, which are like the half hour features. Yeah, those are the shit. Yeah, I love yeah. those. So that's like the longer, kind of in depth look at the at the fighter, and then so I was just out uh, with Stipe three weeks ago out in Cleveland, in the shooting in the snow. Got him out in the snow and stuff. And I think that one that that episode he's got a fight coming up on. Uh, march 27th thank god i'm looking forward to that man it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be scary but i think it's gonna he's gonna come out on top yeah i know (laughs) dude you know
0: he's one of my favorites man because because of that i mean like growing up as a as a boxing fan mostly in my life i didn't become a uc fan probably till like i don't know maybe till like 17 Mm -hmm. or so Mm -hmm. it seemed kind of like archaic and brutal and then i didn't because i did i wasn't aware of how beautiful and how technical the sport was Mm -hmm. when you don't see it you just you don't know what you're talking about so i was like i don't even know what that is but i knew boxing because i'm mexican so we (laughs) know all that shit Mm -hmm. and my the favorite thing they always look forward to was the post-interview fights with all the boxers yeah and how they sounded and how professional they were and how and how uh classy they were that's the one thing you look forward to the most and um, Stipe gave me that, gave me that for sure uh, vibe. And considering a lot of UC fires are trying to sell tickets, mm-hmm. they're trying to get fans, so they act outrageous and mm-hmm. they might say things that. Aren't really their personality, Steve don't give a fuck about he's that. He's
1: authentic to the core. Right. And it's been his his detriment. I mean, really. I mean, the, the cause the UFC doesn't know how to push a guy like that. Yeah. They know how to push a guy like a Connor or somebody who's, who's controversial. Stipe doesn't do that. That's right. not his natural his natural thing. And and when he feels like he's he's getting thrust into that, he shuts down.
0: Yeah. You know, so and he says, I'm gonna go be a fireman. Yeah, fuck, no, off. fuck off. I yeah. love it, dude. I love it, man. And that's and I think that's beautiful. And um it's it's almost it's almost destiny that he met somebody like you that you guys can just click right away and it's it's evident I've seen the videos with you and Steepay and it, you, you really do get the best out of him because leading up to that like you said I don't I don't remember seeing like much personality probably and it's not because he doesn't have one it's mm-hmm. because he's like eh, I don't feel like showing it but you brought it out
1: which yeah. is huge and I, I think that's great man well it's only because we're we're buddies now and he he truly you know he's accepted me and. um I'll tell you what. There's nothing like being that close to the fire with an right. athlete. Being that close to see this, to see the preparation, to see the game plan, to see how he communicates with his coaches, to see how how the whole plan comes together. They watch tape. Like literally, tell me who else gets that unless you're part of the team. Like who yeah. else gets that privilege to be to have a front row seat to watch that happen. Right. Right. And and. Uh, that's that's what I'm most fortunate about with shooting with athletes and stuff you know you you get to see them in their truest form you know they're physically exhausted a lot of times mentally exhausted you get to see w- the true essence of them whereas most fans only see this curated um like video of of how they want to be portrayed you get to see everything everything yeah man. and these guys are preparing to go to war. It's you know, and you're just
0: like I'm. I'm gonna get it on video for you, and I'm sure I'm sure they love it. I'm sure. Do they get like? Do you have like a little, a separate like uh, edit that you give them separately? Maybe that has like a little bit more inter- uh, You know like what?
1: I, Recently, I've been taking a lot of pictures. I've been t- while I'm while I'm shooting. So when I'm when I'm shooting with Steep, I'm usually shooting for a client, right? I'm, I'm shooting um, for the UFC. Uh, countdown so all that footage that i shoot goes back to the ufc and they use it for their for their features okay the 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 other thing i do with steep a and i've done it with a bunch of people donald cerrone and, and a bunch of guys is i shoot on this show called embedded which is a youtube uh show with daily edits so essentially so like in a couple in a week and a half on the 19th i'll go out to cleveland and i'll and i'll in bed with Stipe and his team, and I'll start shooting him as a one-person crew. Right, I, I shoot, produce, run my own audio, everything. Holy shit! And I'm building little scenes essentially. And so these are these once once I shoot this footage, we upload it to the cloud. Some editors in Vegas start cutting together daily episodes, and that's what the fans see on the UFC page for embedded. It's it's this daily look into what each fighter's doing. On, on that day, right? So then I'll, I'll stay with him from uh, the Friday before the fight, uh, I'll travel with him to Vegas on Monday. We'll sp- I'll, sp- I'll lock down the hotel, spend the whole week with him until he actually fights. And so, you know, that's the- I'm doing that for the UFC, and the UFC takes that footage and cranks out these daily episodes. But you know, I have been doing a- I-, I bring this 360 camera everywhere with me. This is me. cool, dude. I uh uh I've- I put a 360 camera here on the uh, on the desk here, so w- we can review this footage later. And- <laughs> right. You see my uh, fucked up eyes? Though? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like I got beat up. (laughs) I'm just tired everybody Leave me alone
0: That's funny man And how quickly Would they need Like I believe there's gotta be A lot of talent behind Editing everything And like And they're probably like Crunch time Like hey man We need this shit You're like
1: I just shot it Motherfucker Give me some time Everything's fast It's it's a super fast world But what's It's good Is it makes you Make you know uh, raw decisions that you know you don't have time. You don't. They they always say like editing's never really done. You just fucking run out of time. Yeah, that's really it. That's <laughs> like, bro, you pro- the projects do. That's I, true. And, and like, I mean, to back it up a little bit, I've done many different kinds of before I got involved with pro athletes and shooting stuff. I, dude, I shot weddings. I, I was like, wow. I I did. Well, okay, so I I did real estate from like two thousand two to two thousand nine ish. So I I saw both ends of the market. Like it was cranking, it was crazy. Money was falling off of trees. All you had to do is have a basket big enough to catch all of it, right? Yeah. And everybody was buying homes, and then it went. The market went off the cliff, and so I had I transitioned my business to um short sales and bank owned homes and there's money to be made in every every market, but it wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't fun anymore. I wasn't helping people like achieve their goals of home ownership. I was helping them negotiate the keys back to the bank you know yeah. so that's when I was like, okay well, I need to get out of this And uh, I shifted gears and one of the first things I did was uh, shoot weddings because it was I was like, okay, well, I have cameras I kind of know what to do. Let me just try this wedding thing out. I could it was like a small business I could run on my own. And so I did that and then I hired buddies to come in and shoot with me. And then uh, I started doing same day edits. So I, 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 would, I would shoot a whole, a whole wedding. And then as it, as, as it went to the reception, I would have a buddy keep shooting and I'd get back in a room and I'd edit together like a four minute piece that would play at the reception so wow. i so i gave myself like an hour and a half that's to fucking like cut cool t- man well yeah it's it, it was it was it taught me how to make authentic choices also how to shoot for an edit so like if i'm shooting it in sequences and i know in my mind, how it's going to go together in an edit, then it's easier once I get into the edit. You know, I, I and that taught me to just be efficient with my shooting and shoot in sequences. And so that, I mean, dude, the wedding industry gets gets dogged on all the time. And sure, there's some hacks out there, but it is the it is the workhorse. It, it's what taught me most efficiently how to be successful in what I do now. Well, you know, it's funny. managing people's expectations, yeah. having to wear a bunch of different hats. You know, you don't get somebody else to charge your bat. you got to do it all.
0: Right. It's funny you mention that, too, because I, I remember, like, there and it happens to everyone who's watching. Like I say, it's a football game. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, a really cool play that happens. And then two minutes later, there's a commercial. And then the commercial has the replay of that. And they made it cool. You're like, how the fuck did they do that so fast? That's mm. something you've, I'm sure, already done. You, you just did it with the weddings. Lots of talented dudes yeah. out there, yeah. That's insane. And then specifically the wedding part I think is interesting because um, you the way I you described that was, like, I have a camera this is what i want to do and it's not necessarily what i what i want to do as my main goal but it's but it's part of shooting Mm -hmm. i think that's huge because even with like a comedy i started doing stand-up comedy a couple years ago Mm -hmm. a little less but Mm -hmm. not consistently just like i finally had the balls to go try and i did it i did Mm -hmm. okay good
1: for you i mean that's uh, this tough work
0: it's it's tough but it's also like it's because you're dumb that's why you even have a chance at it yeah you know so it's kind (laughs) of like that's why but um You know, I was doing that, and I was like, I just need to get uh, in front of people in general. And so I did. I started speaking a lot more. Uh, I got like uh, hired for some motivational speaker things. Some from way back in the day. It was pretty cool. And then um, I even did my sister and her brother and her. Well, my brother in law, their wedding. I performed the wedding. Wow. Which is like a different avenue it's not like my main thing but the point is you're it's it's still there it's part of what you're looking for Mm -hmm. and it was
1: super cool man well what i'm hearing from you is and i I think you and i are cut from the same cloth on this is that we're not afraid to throw ourselves in the flames get a little bit burnt but come out of it with with a a different perspective right you know what i mean like i've never been scared just like you to to just try something I, i i never it never like i never hold my back myself back from just Experimenting and trying something, and I think the more at bats you get, the more reps you put in, the more comfortable you get with it. Especially like something like stand up comedy. Like it, it, it's it never really gets comfortable. Mm-hmm. It becomes more manageable because you do it a lot of times. Right. And I, you know, that's that's I, I used to be nervous as hell for every job I'd go on. Like, am I gonna be able to figure out how this is gonna be shot? How am I gonna like this? I I used to freak out quite a bit, like anxiety the night before. And I don't so much anymore because I've thrown myself into so many ridiculous situations. Yeah. And in the documentary world, you don't have time. You have to make quick, authentic decisions, and you don't have time to light stuff to. So now we'll p- place this person over by the window where the natural light's coming in. So once you do that enough, then 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 you, you just get more comfortable with it. Right. Does, right.
0: Do you think the freak out hits you like – hours later when you're like i just fucking shot mike tyson going to the ring like when it's happening i'm sure you're like i just- was at that fight that i was at that fight in, yeah in november yeah. As, <laughs> whole, as, I, as i brought it up i saw you literally have his whole walk up all the way to his interviews and all that stuff and i mean that's iron mike i'm sure as a kid that was like i'm sure you watched
1: him in your living room like that's that's mike tyson I mean to tell you the truth, like that's me and my element though. Like I, 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 I get the camera side of it, and and once I'm like working, I'm like I don't think about that. Right, so, of course. Yeah. It's it's like the night before, you kind of get a little anxiety about it. Like wow, like how am I gonna do this? What's gonna happen? There's so many uncertainties, uh, especially in the dog sports world. There's not a lot of it's not planned. You yeah. You have to be there. You have to be ready to capture moments as they happen. Like you, you don't get second chances. With an athlete, a lot of times, right? That's fucking crazy. I mean, it's, you it's don't true. get second chances. But d- guess what taught me that? Fucking weddings. Yeah. You can't. Uh, I missed that shot. Can you walk down the aisle again? <laughs> like no. Like yeah. You get one shot at it, so it teaches you to just kind of think ahead, um, have a meticulous mindset about your gear, and and and. So you know, I wasn't always like that, but I'm, I've definitely adopted those traits, and and I don't, you know, I I, I feel like I'm prepared for almost any situation now. Well, you you
0: know what I think is the common thing between anyone who's fucking good at shit is they always sweat the little stuff, dude. They always sweat the little... And it's not like it's... I feel like they've been doing it their whole life Mm -hmm. and they've kind of realized they're doing it now in their new expertise. Like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm really caring about... You've been doing that forever. Mm -hmm. Probably just in different things. Mm -hmm. But everyone who's great at something sweats the little details. For me, it was always, like, applicable to baseball. That's what I did as a kid. Mm -hmm. And everything mattered. Like, the first pitch mattered. The second pitch mattered. Like, if... 3-2 count, matter. Every count fucking matters. Mm-hmm. And it matters more than any other thing. And if you don't treat it the same, it was like, then you're not playing. Yeah. The fuck you doing. So it t- true. Yeah, and it seems like you're definitely doing that. Um, speaking of which, one of my biggest childhood thing was Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. And I saw you there at the at Notre Dame with the band. That was the
1: coolest shit ever, dude. Tell me about that. Well, I mean, that was a unique opportunity. So I've I've, I've done, you know, my relationship with NBC Sports has, has been growing since about 2015. Um, I got pulled into this kind of, awesome little documentary unit for nbc sports and 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 through this guy samson chan he's an amazing cinema cinematographer he brought me in under his wing and i became kind of you know i use gimbals and i'm I'm, i i do a lot of drone stuff and i yeah i'm like kind of um you know i'm the gadget guy i like to play with a lot of different camera toys and move cameras in in different unique ways well that filled a big a big gap for Samson right he he's a guy who can sit on a long lens and nail like a pole vaulter's hands getting chalked up from across the field oh that's so cool. so we are our, our shooting styles really kind of merged and so he brought me in under his wing and brought me on six trips down to uh, Brazil for the lead-up to the, the Olympics there um, you know, these were these were documentary stories shooting the sights and the sounds and the music and the food of the host country, Brazil. So we went all over. I was on the Amazon with Tom Brokaw for a week on, on a boat. I'm like crazy. We dude. we we I shot with Bob Bernquist and 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 um Sean White down in in um in uh where were we? Oh, we were in Rio. He was opening up the skate park down there um uh, for the Olympics. And so um Get me back on track. What was I talking about? The Notre Dame. Notre Dame. I got with NBC Sports. So so that was the documentary features through NBC. NBC, then I got associated with NASCAR and... Indy car races and, and horse racing and, and everything else. And then I got on the radar of the promos division. The promos is like the the they have a little bit more money. You can bring a little bit of a bigger crew to execute a larger vision, right? And so they kind of knew me as as a guy who has a bunch of toys. And so they approached me about shooting a promo for the Notre Dame season with the band on the field. And the first thing that I thought of, the like I'd been dreaming of this for a while was putting a light on a drone flying it above this band in the middle of this field while I would be on the ground you know shooting it with my with my gimbal and so I'm good buddies with uh, you know I, I do I fly tons of drones but I am, I am so scared of the big the, the bigger drones right these big octocopters that carry a big a big uh, camera setup um, I'm not into that I, I like I like controlling the camera gimbal and doing all that stuff so I, I hired these guys wild, wild rabbit Aerials, my buddy drew uh, Roberts he came out with his whole crew and they put a 6K light on a drone, which is like a big, huge light that they could pan and tilt around. And basically, I we I was on a headset with him, and he lit this band from above, backlighting them, moving around, and creating these awesome, cool shadows while I was on the ground shooting. And that was like kind of my first little taste into the promos world for NBC. And now it's just another another avenue for me with uh the olympics and, and nbc and what they do dude it's honestly one of the coolest things i've ever fucking seen it's because <laughs> the final
0: product i saw your Insta- what's your instagram again uh aaron mendez films aaron mendez films dude if people have the chance to go look at that dude it is it details everything it's detailing everything that you're saying right now and it's fucking gnarly man because you see how much detail you really go into it like um yeah like this like Almost like Doctor Octagon type, yeah, like harness around you, yeah, which is like the coolest experience because I've never seen that before, yeah. And that's not what people see. People see the final product that you get to put out, yeah. And then I think it's it's genius that you even have your own camera on you recording
1: you, right? Recording somebody else, yeah. Uh, that's something I started like like I mean, as soon as 360 cameras came out and like were kind of manageable, I was I. I started mounting it on on me during shooting situations so that I can kind of go back like a self-preservation kind of thing go back and analyze like how I how I shot because sometimes with the angle you can see my screen you can see how I interact with people like I I like that in order to kind of go back and and revisit certain people I've worked with or to figure out how I shot certain you know it's just it just makes me better by being able to watch myself work Right. So that's what I put it on. I put I I strap this camera on all the time, and then when I started posting some of these videos, I realized like that on on my Instagram, that's what people want to see. Yeah, they, people love it. They dude. they they, they want to they 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 know the finished product is rad because they see it on on Showtime or UFC or whatever. But the the real meat and potatoes is is how it was done, and it gives them a kind of a little peek into into that by being able to like ride along on the camera. You know,
0: no one hundred percent, I feel like that's the key to any. It, it's it's beautiful when you see the guy hit a home run. Yeah. But when you see him in the cages, over and over, taking hacks, the and, then, and, the, and the, yeah, and the pitching coach is like, "Hey, you got to work on this, this." And then you finally see him hit the home run. You're like, it's almost like you were there with the journey. You took the trip with them. Yeah. It's beautiful, man. I love that you did that. Yeah. I think it's great, man. And um, I do
1: the Olympics thing is the really coolest part for me. I think that's like it's the coolest part for me too. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like uh, I mean the i i when i started getting into the olympics stuff i didn't realize how special it was how how special it is to go and and capture these stories for the whole american audience to see these documentary stories and then just being there to to you know shoot the images that they see uh, for the whole run of the olympics um, brazil was awesome and and with the olympics what's what's crazy is is as soon as you finish one uh, four or five months later They're prepping for the next one Because an Olympics comes every two years So after we finished uh, The 2016 Olympic Games in Rio uh, Five months later We were in South Korea And we were doing the same thing For the Winter Olympics wow. And so So then we were there Telling the sights and the sounds And the music And the, and the food We spent two weeks on the road With Dave You know Dave Chang? No. He no. owns a Momofuku restaurant. Um, he's uh I mean he's turning into a, 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 a big a big thing. He's got a production company now, but David Chang, look him up. He's he's awesome. He uh he uh we did. He's Korean. Okay. Uh, he's South Korean, and he he basically took us on a whole food tour of of uh, South Korea, and we learned about food and the food, uh, the history of the food there through him. That's and, fucking uh, beautiful. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it's it's what's cool about these Olympics jobs is you really get a deep dive into a country, into a history of that country, and and there's no better way to learn than to actually experience it. And so you know, the Olympics were delayed. The Tokyo Olympic Games were delayed a, a full year, but for two years now i've i've been going to japan to tell those stories so you know a year and a half ago we were there shooting a sumo uh, a sumo story shooting a samurai sword making story shooting a japanese garden story so this has been a long run-up and you know i would have been there last summer they got postponed so so now i'm i'm expected to go uh for the games this summer Oh wow! And um, when I'm there for the games, I, I kind of uh, I wear a few different hats. We we shoot with the on-air talent, so the 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 talent that's you know like a Ryan Seacrest down in Rio or whatever, like that's the, our small crew goes and shoots with them out in the city. And then for the rest of the games, it's it's essentially 25 days straight. I I I'm on a tripod with my Red Epic in a super long lens. And my only job is to to capture the best moments, right, in super slow mo. There's no pressure really because it's not broadcast. Like it's not going they, it's not going out to the main broadcast feed. It's all just slow mo recap. So it's it's the sexy stuff that that you see when they're recapping the the gymnastics that happened that day or or whatever the biggest event was. Wow. So it's really I mean it really is a dream job, and it's it's amazing to be there where all the countries come together, and especially in a place like Tokyo. I'm so looking forward to it it's like you know i think i've been to over 50 countries now and tokyo is right or i mean japan is right up there at the top of the list it's it's an amazing magical place that dude have you ever been no man no. i
0: i really need to go dude i especially i love i mean as a, as a kid growing up you weren't allowed to be picky as yeah. an eater so mm-hmm. i fucking love everything mm-hmm. i literally I, whatever it is i'll eat it i don't give a shit so yeah. sushi is the biggest thing and i always wanted to have the authentic Yeah, you know i want to go there and see what it's really about yeah but dude i'm i'm with you i i I got that same sense when I was talking to, uh, to Mike, um, who's on the podcast a couple of weeks ago or like a week ago. And he, he mentioned that, like ha- being well traveled, how much it adds to your personality, how much it adds to your career, how much of a better person it makes
1: you. And just in general, man. I think that's what probably most people, you know, we're coming out of a crazy political climate and yeah. everything. And I feel like. Um a lot of it is, is people don't get outside of their bubble. People yeah. don't get outside of where they grew up. And the, and when you, when you do that and you travel to other places where people don't have it so good or they have it better or just to be able to see how other people live gives you this sense of empathy. And then you come back and you appreciate what you have here a little bit more. But I mean d- – more uh, if more people travel that I mean for sure traveling is what makes me who I am I I, I come back feeling fulfilled and and uh, I love it uh, if I it was my if I would spend my last dollar on travel for sure the kids from Lihaba baby yeah that's go right. see somewhere
0: else I love it the kids from Lihaba traveling <laughs> around the fucking world baby that's what <laughs> it's about I love it and um speaking of that man I mean there's probably no more travel place. I mean in terms of like most tourist attraction we're talking in the comedy store. Mm-hmm. And you did their comedy store documentary. which just came out what 2020.
1: 2020. Yeah, I mean I shot it on. I wasn't I wasn't the main guy. I shot the the title sequence so I spent a lot of time there f- shooting Every aspect of that place, shooting every nook and cranny, all the back VIP rooms where Sam Kinison Sam Kinison donated this this glass coffee table that sits in this back room where it's just notorious. It's got like just lines (laughs) cut on it, right? And it had to be glass. Everyone Everyone knew it. Just to be just that place has a character and it's got a you've been there, it has a smell that you you can't it's just hard to describe. So that that was one of the coolest things I got to do is is really shoot every inch of that place. Um, you know, and I shot a couple of the big interviews with Joe Rogan on the on the roof. Uh, I was part of a larger team that did that, and um, I I just really love how that duck turned out. I it dude, was, it was great. What it, it was phenomenal. It as, turned, a, as a comedian, I mean, as as somebody who does stand up, I'm a wannabe. Well, I mean, as, yeah. as somebody who does stand up, um, what are your thoughts on that and the comedy store as a, as a place?
0: The comedy store from 2000, like I would say. I don't know. From 2014 to like 2019 was probably the best place in the world. Mm. Like it, you can go. It was the way I describe it is it's it's it was the batting cages for Major League All Stars. Yeah. It's
1: really what it was like, and
0: you On can any go any given there.
1: night. A superstar is walking in the door. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Like yeah.
0: you can go to a Dodger game, you can go to an Angel game, mm-hmm. or you can go to this batting cages where Mike Trout's at, mm-hmm. where all these stars, Bryce Harper, they're all there, mm-hmm. and you pay twenty bucks just to watch them hit. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. You got there, and you're like, all these guys sell out stadiums and stadiums and stadiums all around, and they're just here fucking around. And you can see them all for twenty bucks, and it's like I saw a lineup one time, like in 2017 or 18, and it was like it was Cristalia, Tom Segura. Chris Rock showed up randomly. (laughs) Dave Chappelle showed up randomly. They weren't on the card. They just showed up. Martin Lawrence showed up. Wow. Louis C.K. showed up. They bumped like I don't know how many comics because there are other comics on the card. Yeah, sure. But Joe Rogan was there. It was Joey Diaz and you're like how the fuck is this even possible like mm-hmm. it's just rid- so that place is ridiculous i mean it sucks what covid did to it mm-hmm. i mean hopefully it still it probably still stand mm-hmm. but all the comics left it's yeah. not going to have the same feel to it as it used to it'll still what be what are they doing now? They
1: do, they're doing now they're leaning towards specials and shows and tv stuff or i yeah. mean the touring thing is done right now it's right?
0: basically done and, yeah. a, and a lot of comics are like uh i would imagine most of the things saving as probably their podcasts mm-hmm. you know and probably their merch line and mm-hmm. stuff like that Um, and it's hard to keep up because like as a comic for, I mean, I'm speaking on their behalf, not on mine, but for them that what makes them funny is their stories and their travels and like, they're not, they're not getting any new stories and they're not traveling. So they're like, fuck, like I'm, I'm, I'm bored of my shit. Yeah. So I don't want to tell you shit that I don't like. Yeah. So that's really the story on it right now, but I mean, it'll come back. It always, it always does. I don't, it won't, probably won't come back to the level it was, you know, considering everyone left already, but it's still it's still a store, man. Yeah, you know, I and mean,
1: what a great place! What what Mitzi did there and how she set it up and how how the people that work the front door go can take the slot on stage. And so cool, man! I I just re- I like the atmosphere there, and I was I feel pretty fortunate to have been able to spend some time there and be a part of that. Doc. Oh yeah,
0: I have her on the wall. I have her on my wall of fame here. She's oh. one of. In fact, like I said, this is whole wall that fame that I have here. Yeah. In fact, we got to get that shot by you when you leave <laughs> out of this place, man. Yeah. Yeah, that is uh, inspired by the comedy store. You know, and people come over and it's pretty cool because they're just literally just standing there like, oh, I know her, I know him. And it's it's random as shit. There's like a picture of Ken Griffey Jr. and then there's Mitchie Sort right next to it. It's <laughs> like, don't mix. So I'm like, I don't know. It's not fucking supposed to. But, uh, dude, yeah, I find what you do fascinating, man, because not many people are going to try something this with no guaranteed future. I mean, like, I do you think your, your dad being in it has such a huge influence on you? Do you think, like, you're like, okay, well, if my dad did it, then I can do it?
1: I don't know if I really thought about that. I feel like I had a little bit of a natural gift at it. Like I, 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 I was just always kind of decent with cameras. Um, but I don't know. I tried a lot of stuff. I mean, truthfully, I've I've done a lot of things. And so when I finally when I finally got to the point where I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna dive in in 2010 ish or whatever. I was I was, you know, getting out of real estate. Probably 2009. I was getting out of real estate. I had newborn twins. Uh, daughters, uh, they're 11 now, and Who I were like, gorgeous. By yeah, the way, thanks, your videos man. of
0: them are right. honestly the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life, man.
1: Thanks, man. They're awesome. They're great. Um, yeah, that, that's. I mean, I I feel like. Uh, give me back. What was I saying? I forgot how you got into the business and stuff like that, or mm. how
0: you first started.
1: Well, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say.
0: Knowing how good you were, like when you first kind of got in. Mm. Yeah, I forget. Fuck it. Who, cares? <laughs> Who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? But no, man, I, I really do find that fascinating, man. And, um, I, you know,
1: I think people can really see how talented you are
0: when they see... Just oh, your- I remember
1: what I was going to say. I was just going to say, I've tried a bunch of things. So by the time I re- I, I was re- actually doing a lot of jobs with cameras, like, I, I knew that this was f- fucking for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like... There's a I I I was telling you uh, right down the street over here I was a waiter at Joe's Crab Shack. And That's crazy. I, and I was a waiter. Do you remember Lascaris Italian? Fuck de- yeah, I oh, dude! Lascari's. I got <laughs> Lascaris stories for days. Oh shit! I could tell you Lascaris Lascaris stories, but you know, like I've done a lot of jobs, and you know, there's. When you when you work and 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 you work for a dollar, you it, you come home at the end of the day a little bit different than if you go out and you work for the passion. Yeah, and, and that's what I think the my biggest shift over the last like three or four years has been. Picking jobs better for myself, the jobs that I'm fulfilled by, that that really fill up my gas tank, that I'm working with rad people that really inspire me. Because when I come home from a job like that, my gas tank is filled up, and yeah. so now I'm a different person for my wife and three daughters, as opposed to do chasing dollars, you know, right, and yeah. and doing jobs just for this. It's not creatively fulfilling, and you just it, it affects the rest of your life. So I, I I've done a lot of different things. So I. I feel like it's only now that I'm that I'm here that I've I have an appreciation and understanding that 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 I was made to fucking do this with with what I love to do and what I'm naturally good at. This is like the 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 nexus of like what I should be doing. Yeah. And what's cool about that is, you know, you can be a creative until you die. Like, you don't... There's no real retiring. That's so true, dude. I,
0: by the biggest one I look at the most is, like, uh, music composers. Sure. And not necessarily in the mainstream um, music. I'm talking, like, like a John Williams mm-hmm. or, like, these guys that, like, dude, like, I'm 80 years old and I'm making... Or a Hans Zimmer and I'm making this move, this fucking noise for the Batman soundtrack. Yes. And it just never goes away. And, yeah. I, and I made the soundtrack to somebody's life now. They're going to hear this and go, fuck, that's... It's the music I think of when I think of Bruce Wayne, and that's what we were gonna think about you. Sure, 100,
1: percent man. I mean, I mean, stand-up comics as well. I mean, you could do yeah, that. You, you never can know. do that until the end. Yeah, exactly, 100, <laughs> until you're like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm tired of my own fucking jokes. This just sucks,
0: dude. I think the one clip that you have that really like goes, wow, this dude is is a different different breed. Is watching you do the the Nigel Houston ones mm. because you're on that little hoverboard mm-hmm. and you have the fucking harness on and you're and you're riding with them and you have to get low and you have to get high and then you have to like focus, dude. That that is that really shows that highlights to me in my opinion. That I'm sure there's better videos than that one, but that one highlights to me. I'm like, dude, this this is different. I've never seen this before.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm sure that that's that's why I gravitated towards the sports world because you know I've always fancied myself as an athlete myself i grew up doing every board sport there was uh bmx bike so i I i'm able i understand athletes you know and i also love working with dancers and performers because i've done shows and i understand the logistics behind it so then i can capture it in in a different way than somebody who doesn't know that world so to understand athletes and how and how they work, and how that that's given me a definite leg up. I mean, with in riding skateboards and stuff myself, the first thing I was going to do was figure out how I could ride a skateboard and shoot somebody at the same time doing it. Uh, that thing's called the one wheel. It's like this little one segue. Wheel. So so really? I rode that thing for like a year and a half, and got really good at it. So I don't have to think about my feet anymore. And now when I get on there with my camera, it's like I don't think about it. I, yeah. I just I'm able to keep up. Dude, and I,
0: I saw some of the skateboarders try to use it. They're fucking lost, dude. <laughs> yeah.
1: Nigel wiped out on it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> dude, it was fucking making me laugh. Like, dude, this is nuts. These guys are pros at fucking skateboarding. They're like, how do
1: you ride this thing? It's hilarious, it's man. It's just a different beast, like all like anything. Yeah, it really is, man. Sp- how much time you spend on it?
0: Right, but dude, it's it's phenomenal what you do, man. I I look forward to anything's anything that you're doing in that situation whatsoever, man. You're fucking killing it, man. And
1: thanks, man. Me and my, I me
0: and my roommate were talking about this. He's the Jamie of this situation. Yeah um we're like dude you know what because we're well first of all we're drunk so this idea might not be good (laughs) but we're like dude there should be a documentary on La Habra we're like well dude there should be like you know how many fucking like like strangely talented people come out of La Habra and like really unique things whether it be like something that's like common like sports but other things that are involved sure and then I was like dude Aaron should shoot that shit it would be dude that'd be the perfect thing of all time like it would literally be encapsulating like it's a documentary in La Habra, and the guy who did it is the kid from La Habra. <laughs> <laughs> Whose let's, profession
1: let, is this? Let's compile a list. I know, I mean, seriously, let's compile man. compile a list.
0: It's unbelievable. And then the the unique part is like, and uh, Johnny Utah. We mentioned Johnny Utah. Is yeah. everyone who comes back to this city fucking just keeps coming back, and they always help again? They help yeah. the new generation. I don't see that
1: with other cities that much. I don't know why. Um, you want to? So the it, the truth is, it's in my probably under five year plan. I'd like to go start a cinema. Department over at LaHammer High School. Wow. Like, I I would love to, you know, I've got a relationship with Canon now. I can get some cameras. I can, like, you know. My biggest complaint when I went to film school, I went to Cal State Fullerton, which was not really a a film school per se. I got a four-year degree in TV. But a a lot of those teachers, you know, they got their master's degrees, and then they were teaching. Like, I mean, some of them were great, but a lot of them didn't really have the experience, the real-world experience, right? And so I feel like I could bring a little bit of value to a cinema setup in a high school, start kids younger – Start getting some different color po- folks into into this business, yeah. Meaning black and brown people, and get get more exposure because that's how it works. Yeah, you gotta expose them to it at an earlier age so that there's more diversity in our and get more. Gir- like I'm a father of three daughters, like, yeah, they, and they all love playing with cameras. Well, I want to build the world that they're going to be working in, right? Yeah. So how do we do that? We educate kids at a younger age about and and this world is changing so fast, dude. The, the regular jobs that that these some of these schools. Are preparing kids for are gonna be gone. Oh, they're
0: gonna be gone. They're it's, gonna be gone. The push to college is like the what are you do. I don't even understand it at this point because like, dude, like unless it's specific, like what you're talking about, like you're gonna learn a trade, which that's that's what that is. You're learning a trade. You're learning how to function in this specific thing that for sure has a huge job market when you're done. Sure. And I think that's phenomenal, man. Because you're right, dude. Like when it comes down to something technical like that, no one gives a shit what you are. If you're good, that's all everyone cares about, man. Like it's I always, true. I always use this as an example is. um Uh, I'm a Dodgers fan so the girl who does the sideline reporting uh, Alana Rizzo Mm -hmm. I think like if you just like were to cliche a, a sports fan, you'd be like, "They don't like chicks," and mm-hmm. like this. But dude, that chick, she's fucking prepared. Yeah. She's knowledgeable. So. She's classy. She knows what the fuck she's talking about all the time, uh-huh. and she gives great interviews. Yeah. And no one notices. Yeah. No one gives a shit about the other stuff because yeah. she's good. Yeah. You know, and that's what people respect. Like, we just want someone who's good for the job. And if you're teaching kids from a young age, they'll be fucking killers, and they'll be great. Especially if it's coming from you. That's ridiculous, man. That's not common. That's not like if you're going to pair that to sports, that's like. A fucking star in baseball coming down, going. ah, I'm just gonna fucking start helping out the high school. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah. So I think that's amazing, dude. I, I
1: mean, I, can you imagine? Would you take that class if you were in? in Fuck yeah. You, I mean, come on. And you got unlimited amounts of things to shoot from all the teams to the theater productions. Like, like you could really get these kids a head start, and you know, get some equipment donated. And I think that it would. It, people would see it more as a viable. Future, a, a, a viable thing that you can do as opposed to just going, you know, be an accountant or something else, whatever. Right, uh, dude.
0: I mean, I, I think that the fact that that's even in your future is, is uh, extremely. Humble. I'm gonna make it
1: happen. Hold me accountable to that. But I I'm will, make, man. I'm gonna make it happen. I'm gonna text him, I'm right, I'm mate, what the gonna fuck you tomorrow. We're gonna start with La Habra and then we're gonna take it to other places because. Uh, I just, I just think, you know, th- with technology and how things are changing, I mean, these kids have to know that a- right. and, 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 they have to know how to do it for themselves because you know how things are going. It's all about th- if you don't have a brand, like if you, what's your brand and, and how are you presenting yourself? And, and everybody's got to have some basic video kind of skills now. These yeah,
0: days. seriously. I have, dude, I have fucking zero, so I'm glad we're friends now. You can help me. out, yeah,
1: I'll, I'll be your man. I'm, I'm your inside dude now. Beautiful
0: man, I love it. And um, I forgot what I was going to mention. Right now. I was going to mention that uh, shit, shit, shit. It's fucking. It's fucking in my brain, dude. It's fucking on my all brain.
1: All right, I'll, I'll take it another tangent. You said Dodgers, and uh, I shot on a show for Time Warner called Backstage Dodgers. So I oh did, shit, I did a whole season with the Dodgers. Got to travel with the team on the flight. Um, it it was, it was such an amazing experience. I think when was the year where they 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 clinched they they almost made it to the World Series, which seventeen and eighteen. Okay, so this would have been seventeen. Yeah. I think. Seven, two thousand
0: nineteen is when they almost made
1: it. Seventeen and eighteen is when they made it and lost. Seven. So I think it was seventeen. Uh, like I had the the snowboard goggles on my a bag over my camera, and I was in the clubhouse with, wow. with th- th- these crazy champagne celebrations. And like it, it's it's. It's just crazy to be able to have a job that you get to be that close to the fire, that close yeah, to man. that close to the action. Right. It, I mean, it just gives me, you know, I I don't know what else I would rather do. Well, dude, I mean, I feel like you've inspired a lot of listeners. Which
0: I mean, dude, like it's and you've inspired me. I know nothing about the shit. And I'm looking forward to it now, which is great. What are uh, What are your new projects you got coming up?
1: Um so I, I briefly met I'm working on a uh, doc with Tiffany Haddish. Um she's funny man. She's she's really man. you know what though she's a she's an amazing human. She's really? a, like a great person who is, is she's got a book, uh, read her book The Last Black Unicorn. In fact I got Johnny Utah to do a piece for her. Oh cool. Um but she you know she she went through the foster uh the foster system uh at a very young age and she's real self-made she made herself who she is now she's she there was no fast track for her and and she's really giving back now. She's going. She wants to uh, create a, a grocery store in the old neighborhood that she grew up in 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 Inglewood. Oh wow! And she, cool. She's helping foster kids uh, when they get out of the system to get jobs, and so that's what I'm most attracted to. To her, I love I love her her ability to now give. Now that she's reached a platform and she she has a megaphone a little bit, she's really using that to the advantage of a lot of people. And so she's been awesome to work with obviously i got that fight with stipe coming up i'm gonna so i'm gonna go in bed with him and um it's gonna be a difficult fight but i think he's gonna no i know he's gonna he's gonna do the same thing he's it, gonna fuck him up you heard it here fuck first him up. <laughs> and and who knows what happens after that i mean you know I, i'd love to see the dude uh uh get out of the game before before you know too long yeah i, I you know he's uh He's a great dude and I and and I think what he's lacked is irons and different fires right of, of you know, he's just been in the fighting game and he didn't really have people to help him out get other opportunities right and so now uh, a dude that i've been following for i don't know nine years since my real estate uh days is it a guy named gary v have you heard of gary vaynerchuk yeah yeah so gary vaynerchuk started motivational speaker yeah i mean he's he's a social media guru he runs a 160 million dollar ad agency now he's got a bunch of different things but uh you know he he got hooked up with Stipe. He runs Vayner Sports, and they represent UFC fighters now. Wow! So one of the biggest things that they've done for him is just really get, he started a podcast. He saw the value in that. Stipe did, um, and he's just getting irons in different fires. Other opportunities, and it's been really, it's been really great to see that happen to him. I mean, you know, it's it's been long overdue, right? So, speaking of the UFC world, you've actually you filmed one of our guests, Rudy
0: Hernandez. Rudy
1: Hernandez, yeah, yeah. Dude, I don't that's know if awesome. you remember me, but I've been in his house and I've shot his awesome cars, and it was uh it was early days shooting uh, Road to the Octagon stuff. We did a featurette on him um and what a great dude and and obviously i've seen him at every fight you know like i i spent six or seven years shooting uh slow-mo cage side uh for all for a lot of the fights and i'd see him there all the time we'd always give each other fist bump yeah uh, he's just a good dude and and i mean his his history in the boxing world is nuts
0: is is nuts it's nuts you know it's 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 funny because like his history in the boxing world is so extensive but Mm -hmm. with ufc He's just like I'll text him I'm like hey I saw you working the He's like, I don't even know who's fighting like he, <laughs> he knows nothing about the UFC. he's just like I'm just there to work and I, I hope it's a good fight yeah. and I'll text him in between the rounds like this is a good fight like yeah. he's just like so oblivious he's just like a kid having fun yeah and I love that about him
1: I love the bo- uh, the boxing world I've ju- I mean I uh you know I did a couple all access for Showtime I saw you with Leo Santa Cruz yeah Leo Santa Cruz I was with uh for the, bef- leading up to this last fight and then uh probably 5 6 years ago I was with uh, Canelo up at uh, Big Bear. He was training for 30 days Super at, at cool, Sugar Shay Mosley's house. He's, yeah,
0: that's where everyone trains at. And yeah. so
1: we, we would get about... Uh- Maybe an hour with him every day. if We were up there for thirty days straight, and um, it's just a it's just a different world. It's there's there's a lot of you know just more history and 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 I I, I love I love the intricacies of the boxing as opposed to the UFC. UFC is is you know I, I've I've followed it probably the most out of most sports. Like everybody asked me, like I I shoot a bunch of sports, and I don't have like a team. In any sport, yeah, really. yeah, yeah. That's cool. I, I just jump around. But UFC fighters um, and boxers, you know, the, these these guys that you get to go tell their story and you shoot with their families and you see them with their kids. Like I have a vested interest in that now. Like I want to see them succeed, right? And so, yeah, it's it's something I would love to shoot more of boxing for sure. Where's the where's the Stipe fight? I to be at Stepe It's going to be in Vegas, I think. Vegas. Yeah. Oh, thank God, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't he's not gonna travel. The guy who's fighting Francis Ngannou, I think he's based there in, in Vegas now. So Yeah, it's what a good. fight that's gonna be, man. It's what gonna, a fight
0: that's gonna be. It's it can either end quick or I hope it, it could be like the last time they fought. Or like
1: Steve is Smart took him the distance, smart, got dude, him tired. Man. Now I mean obviously uh this guy's had Francis has knocked out a bunch of dudes since then. <laughs> um in crazy fashion. Um, and he's changed a lot, and I'm sure he's grown a lot, and I'm sure he's worked on his cardio. But fucking Steepay had three fights with DC, yeah, arguably the you know the second best UFC fighter, right, uh, right. heavyweight. So, you know, Steepay has developed a lot, and Steepay is just a really smart fighter. He's got really smart, like you know, fighter IQ. You know, he he can read people, and he knows when to transition, and he's got really smart coaches. He surrounds himself with really good dudes, right. and so. You know he'll be prepared, and they're gonna have a game plan, and he's gonna come out victorious, and he'll will be definitively the greatest heavyweight of all time in the u s I would think he is, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I, he I think after he beat DC that second time, it was it was pretty much clinched. It was yeah, over. Yeah. Where does he go from there? You know, what does uh, he do after that?
0: Who knows? Fucking
1: make John a documentary knows. with you. That's it. That's how. I, I, I mean, that's do. what we need to do. Yeah, I, right. We'll, I'll shoot his documentary. We'll do that. That'll be in the works next.
0: Hell yeah, man. Well, yeah. look, dude. Um. I appreciate you coming in because, like I said, man, I, I don't know how the, the podcast kind of trended this way, but uh, it's it kind of turned into, like, turning into uh, supporting and representing La Le Habra Legends and people, and people where I've come from, man. And it's great because, especially as kids, when you look at the guys that have made it out, and they're the inspiration, too, because to actually think you can do something. Yeah. You know, because you see them and your you, parents might tell you some good shit. Maybe they won't. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But when you really see someone from the neighborhood make it out and whatever field they go, they go, fuck, I can do it then. Yeah. And it's special. And I, that was that way for Jeremy Ray and skating, for mm-hmm. Mike comedian on biking, mm-hmm. for countless football players and baseball players. And for you in this business, man, I would have never thought I can do what you do. But seeing you do it and knowing that you came from the same streets as me, mm-hmm. it gives me the most motivation in the world, man. I think that's beautiful, man.
1: I love that. Well, that's that's now our job to pay it back and, and inspire the next generation and, and uh, you know— that's what I want to do. That's that's now that I'm I'm 40. I'm 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 secure with what I'm doing. I'm stoked on what I'm going, doing. All I want to do is open, crack that door open for other people so they can. Because it's not a very attainable world. It's 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 you know this idea of sports documentary and shooting with, with some of the biggest com- companies. Like it's not it's not it. It's been a long process, but um, I think if people people knew, um, you know. Uh, that it was attainable, and you could do that, and you could make a viable living doing that, that, I think more people would jump in there. And we need more people, more diverse group of people to do it. Right.
0: Yeah. Couldn't agree more, man. That's beautiful. Um, do you have any like social media or like YouTube channels or like stuff like that people can follow?
1: Um, I've, I'm most active on Instagram, Aaron Mendez Films. A-R-O-N-M-E-N-D-E-Z Films. And um, I post a bunch on there. Uh, I do have a YouTube uh, account, but so funny story with that, I've got 61,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel. Holy crap. But it's because of one video that I shot of my daughters in 2012. <laughs> You're going to have to Dude, look this up. You're going to have to I've, look this these up. These videos
0: are I'm telling you they're fucking phenomenal. <laughs> they're no, great.
1: No, okay, on YouTube you just type in Maddie and Zoe Let It Go. I sh- I shot them singing Let It Go and it got 65 million views. It was wow. it was like, you know, the the a combination of like the biggest song, the biggest album, these cute little girls struggling <laughs> to try to to try to sing it. Um, but because of that my YouTube channel all they want to see is is videos of my daughters so I can't even put <laughs> no my no one own cares work on about there. Mike Tyson dude show me your daughters <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious man we're gonna have to rebrand that somehow I Yeah, don't know. yeah. or just hand that that that
0: channel over to them. that's funny man well dude thanks again for coming in man thanks this, for having is, me, this yeah, is a yeah. big pleasure and uh, dude uh, I'm looking forward I'll see you at the UC Fight Night okay perfect alright man Alternate Take uh, this has been another episode I'm glad you guys listened to the wisdom of Aaron Mendez the kid from La Habra who made it out And I hope you guys got something from this, man. If you guys are inspired, man, do something with it, man. That's what this whole channel is about. Uh, It's not the best take. It's not anything crazy. It's just an alternate version of what you can listen to. So uh, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you guys later, dude. Peace.